You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in there. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> week on Houndsman XP, we are headed to Heath, Ohio, where I'm sitting down with Jacob Coons and Brandon Offlick of Hyde Holler Kennels. They pulled off an amazing feat this year at the 2021 Hunting Beagle World Championship, and they brought home the World Champion and the Reserve World Champion Awards for Hunting Beagles, the UKC Hunting Beagle Program. 
What a great accomplishment. I've known Jacob for a number of years. Brandon was uh, newly introduced to me by Jacob there in Heath. We met at his house. We talk about all kinds of things to do with beagles, competition hunting with beagles. It's all new to me, so I tried to drill down into competition hunting with beagles. We talk about terminology, strategy, and what it takes to have a winning hunting beagle for competition. And I also wanted to do that in a way where we could bring that back to a guy, a gal that just want to take a beagle out and hunt some rabbits. Jacob and Brandon have been breeding their beagles for a number of generations now, and they're going to share their philosophy on breeding and how they use other things from coon hounds and cattle farming and different things to talk about how they look at genetics and breeding for successful beagles. What a great episode. I know you're going to love it. And this week, if you could, share the Houndsman XP podcast with friends. Show them how to set that dude up on their phone. Subscribe. And please leave us a review. If you haven't done so, go into Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Don't just give us a rating of of five stars, but also leave us a line or two. Tell us that you're enjoying this. And we're trying to do our best here to bring you a quality listening experience. And that brings me to my next point. Last week's episode with Alex Christick and Yog Terriers. That thing was a train wreck. I know it was. And I want to give a shout out to Houndsman XP team member Seth Hall. I was on the road headed to Michigan last week and turned on the podcast just to do a sound check and make sure everything was up and I realized the sound was horrible. A phone call to Seth. He was actually at work. He does have another job that he uses to pay the bills because this one doesn't but um he took care of that i mean he he grabbed that bull by the horns he says don't no worries i'll take care of it he went back in and he fixed the whole episode so guys i apologize for that that is all on me if you tried listening to last week's episode and just couldn't take it i know i had to turn it off i was sick to my stomach i really wanted to get a good quality episode out there about yog terriers they're amazing dogs and alex is so knowledgeable and fun to talk to and in post-production i just didn't get it right so i know there's still some noise in there it was a fan in the background or some white noise i'm not sure which one it was but take into consideration that we are talking to people on the other side of the world when it's monday here it's tuesday there I mean, that's what kind of technology we're dealing with. We are using the most state-of-the-art production programming that we can get, but it doesn't always work out. So if you gave up on us last week, go back in there and give it another listen. I think you'll find it extremely intriguing to hear about these little rockets that you call Yog Terriers. And um, Seth, thanks for straightening that out for us. And it allowed me to, to not have to turn around from my trip to, to Michigan last week. Guys, that's enough of that. Again, thanks for listening. As always, thanks for standing by Houndsman XP. Share our podcast. Give us a review. The Beagles are rocking the Old South Dog Box. They want to get out there and hit the brush, and we're going to open the doors. It's time to dump the box. 
Southern Hound Hunting Magazine is the most comprehensive magazine that represents your lifestyle as a houndsman. If you can hunt it with a hound, it is being covered in the pages of Southern Hound Hunting Magazine. You also get an in-depth look at the men and women who are engaged in this lifestyle, living it every day to the fullest. From the Rocky Mountains to the Southern Swamps and across the ocean with articles about our international houndsmen and what they're chasing across the pond. Go to southernhoundhunting.com, get your subscription for $15 a year. Southern Hound Hunting Magazine, promoting the fair chase experience. All right, so I'm sitting here petting the world champion, UKC world champion Beagle. Yes, sir. Old tripod. <laughs> Old tripod. And uh, you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, so my name is Jacob Coons. Um, and uh, go ahead, Brandon. Brandon Offlick. We're uh, kennel partners, uh, hide hauler, hide hauler biggles. You guys pulled off something pretty cool this year. <laughs> yeah. You guys were world champion and the reserve world champion in the 2021 UKC Beagle program. It hasn't set in all the way yet. Uh, yeah. We keep texting and reminding each other about every day. Uh, and sometimes it feels real, and sometimes it still feels like a dream, like we're imagining it. But it's starting to sink in. You'll be sitting there going about your business, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? We got first and second in the world this year. Just hit you again, <laughs> over no and over again. No doubt, man. That is so cool. So your life – they've been you guys got handlers yet and agents and everything for all the endorsements and <laughs> we're t- we're too uh we're too small time for to think about that kind of stuff oh yeah <laughs> i bet it i bet it'll come so all right i i gotta back this thing up you guys are the 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 world and the reserve world champions but we've got a whole lot of listeners out there we got people listening to this podcast from all over the world uh australia and we got one. We still got one guy that listens in in Saudi Arabia every week. Can you believe that? That's he's, crazy. That's he's cool. actually a contractor. He works in the oil business. But I was hoping there was like some wealthy oil baron over there, you know, <laughs> that was going to start sponsoring Great my sponsor, podcast. Yeah. yeah, but that hadn't happened yet. But uh, so, tell us, tell tell our audience what. Uh, a beagle trial is we want to get to what that is what competition looks like but but before we get there let's let's talk about beagles because beagles are probably the most underappreciated hound absolutely in hunting absolutely and the, the thing about them is that they've got the biggest hearts i love hunting with beagles uh i don't have any beagles uh i'll be in up here in a couple weeks well yeah, a couple of weeks. Next week, a week from tomorrow with uh, Alan Gingrich hunting snowshoe hare, and it's an amazing experience. But, uh, Brandon, what's your draw to beagles? I definitely agree that they're an underappreciated hound. They um, they have more heart than any dog that I've ever worked with. They're smart. It's crazy how you could have a dog that 15 years old can't hardly walk but put it back on a rabbit and they look two years old again. Yeah. You know, they just have that heart and that desire, and mm-hmm. they're a good time. Got to love listening to a hound run of track anyways, but get a good pack of beagles together, and you can't beat the sound. Right. Yeah. Jacob, what do you think? 
What's, yeah. What's your draw? So, obviously, I started in the, the coonhound world. Right. Um, so, not walking to a tree is hard for me. Um, let's not let's not mention your dad in this podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, we don't need to mention <laughs> Jeff Coons and and all that stuff. Uh, no, Jeff and I go way back, and that's how I knew you. Yeah. When I saw your name pop up, I thought, man, I'm gonna call Jacob and get 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 those guys on on tape. But yeah, your dad and I go way back. Um, National Plot Hound Association, plot days, all that stuff. So I'm glad you glad you agreed to do this. Yeah, you know we appreciate you offering. Yeah, um, absolutely appreciate it. And you know, so in the coonhound world, you know, I, there's nothing better than walking to a dog tree in my in my mind. But one thing, the beagles, um, I, I like the a drive in the dog. Um, and a lot, a lot of bear hunters probably would agree. I mean, walking to a bear tree is great, but just to drop down dogs and see who's the last one standing in 10 or 12 hours, I just don't think there's anything better than that. Knowing the heart and the drive and, you know, like right now, runners all beat up, still can't walk. But when, you know, he's, if you turn three dogs loose, I'd say he'd still be going here tomorrow morning if, if you gave him the chance. Yeah. And I, I like seeing who's the the baddest dog on the ground, you know, in a way to say it, but that's what I like. It's so. nice to just sit there and watch them battle it out. You know, I mean, coon dog, you can hear them battling out, and it's still amazing to walk to a tree and just watch them sit down. But beagles sit up on a big holler where you can see the whole chase and just watch them battle, fight for that front, watch them get competitive, and, you know, see the good and the bad come out of the dogs. And at the end of the day, the pack knows and you know which dog – yeah. You know, deserves that yeah. front. Yeah. And and beagle, beagles are something that uh, it's like they don't have any – they're in an age bracket for for somebody that can hunt with a beagle. You know, you can take a kid that as long as they can walk and they can get through the woods, you can hunt with the beagle. And a lot of guys, when they get older and, you know, they have their toes get longer and they trip over stuff at night out in the woods. Yep. And stuff like that. A lot of times they come back and they they come to beagles, and uh, uh, it's it just they're great dogs. They're just cool. So tell me tell me about your world champion. Let's start with let's start with him, and uh, tell us how he's bred and uh, how old he is. And so runner, I'm thinking he's eight now. Um, he may be creeping up on eight and a half or so. Um, we actually we bought him as a wean pup. Um, one of the few dogs that we have bought, um, Matt Glomsky out in Indiana. Um, he owned a dog named Branco's Red River Runner. Um, he was a big name in the AKC world for a while. Um, not just AKC, but UKC Performance Pack. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the real deal, old Red River Runner. Um, and I remember watching videos in high school. Once I heard that name, and I always liked the Red Dog. My first, our first female beagle was a we called her holly i'd call her holly and uh she was a red dog so got watching him he was just a 13 inch bobtail beagle that just was an animal flat runner rabbit yeah flat runner rabbit yeah so we end up taking a female out there to breed to him he was on his last leg um didn't end up getting pups um hit it off with matt out there pretty well um he was older. He did, died not too long after that. Um, yeah, he Run, died runner like, did, right? Yeah, Red River runner. runner died. Yeah, yeah. Matt's not still talking. going good. <laughs> yeah, not Matt. He's alive. <laughs> so, um, but Matt was gracious enough to sell us a pup he had out of, out of runner since we didn't end up with pups. 
Um, and Brandon rode out and got him. And uh, Brandon started him. Um, really, that first year or two, we took him to some hunts. Um, he looked good, but never could get a win on him. Or, I mean, we didn't take him to a bunch, but we, we took and lost a few casts with him. And then, what was it, Holmesville one day? Holmesville. I, I rode up there to Holmesville. I may have went by myself that day. Yep, you went to the that one by yourself. And uh, got a cast win on him. He looked good, hunted hard, did everything right. Um, and after that, just went on a little winning spree with him. Um, Brandon handled him probably the, for the majority of that run. Yeah, he um, took – he just kind of flipped a switch. He That's why he's getting ready to say. Yeah, just an absolute switch. And, I mean, he was never not a nice dog. He was a solid rabbit dog. We could absolutely have went and won with him. But then he just decided, and it was really like after that first cast win with Jacob, that he just, like, you know what? I like winning. And he just decided to keep doing it. He just and he has a faster qual- and harder hitting and ready to roll. He mm-hmm. has a quality about him, too. Usually when you get a hard-hitting dog, they can get not rough running per se. I mean, so there's some dogs that run rough, you know, swing and slash to get to the front. But he is, I mean, I haven't seen near as many biggles as a lot of the older guys have, but he is as clean. He's as fast as I can imagine dog was still being clean. Okay, well, let's talk about some of that because this is all uh, lingo. You know, if if you take competition coon hunting, it's got its own, it's yep. got its own language. And if you talk about big game hunting, it's got its own language. And I see language trying to cross these things so many times it's like you ask a coon coon hunter if they like a gritty dog and they they're like no i don't like a gritty dog because that means dog likes to you know he's 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 a little bit rough he's Mm -hmm. a little bit mean well a big game hunter needs a gritty dog because it means something different so what is a hard hitting what do you mean by hard hitting not not shy about when it grabs a track it's going to take it and drive it okay um so hard hitting it hits that track and it just leaves it's not waiting around on anyone um it's not trying to so so much straddle it and walk it out if you hear Uh, a bark you know their feet are moving yeah they're ready to roll the second they find that track gone not let's wait around let's try to make sure i'm right take my time it's i'm hitting it i'm going okay and a lot of times those hard hitting dogs or you can get a little bit of extra mouth or a little bit an extra mouth. I mean, opening early, mm-hmm. you want to run a colder track. Um, and they want to swing, get to the front. You know, if you got a pack of dogs down, you know, so there's certain dogs that, and you want some edginess to them. You need sure. some competitiveness to them to get to that front, but some dogs can lose their mind. And, you know, a pack of just a few, you know, three, four, especially when you get more than that on the ground, to try to get to that front. Um, and runner and what has helped runner, he has the speed. He he has the speed to get the front, um, and he's shown his age now. He don't have quite the foot he used to, but he had that speed when he was younger to get the front of anything. But also, he had no extra mouth, and he would not get crazy. It didn't matter how crazy the pack was that was on the ground with him. He ran his track, and he would clean up a lot of things that a rough pack of dogs would would blow up. I think you took a lot of good things from both sides because <laughs> the runner stuff is all your fast, hard hitting, and then his mom's side, which is, goes back to the run him over tank stuff, which is another big hard hitting AKC dog, is all has a lot of line control from the stuff we've seen out of it, and he just kind of he has that ability to hunt hard and go fast, but he also has that ability to stick to that track and you know glue his nose to it and keep rolling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean by running clean? Um, so 
there's some dogs and like a coon dog i think most coon hounds will jog a track you know they might not i mean they're obviously not walking walking a track coon track down through the woods um but if that rabbit went up and around that tree and back around the house he's not going to swing and hit the side of it here and then hit the front end over there he's going to run all of that track um and that helped him in the semifinals this year um had two lines called and a line just like scoring trees so instead of scoring tree we score a line we see a rabbit come between those two trees you know we call it hey coming left to right through those two trees Mm -hmm. and uh had two lines that he was the only dog that scored Mm -hmm. um and a lot of it was the other dogs getting competitive and him just running his track not caring being independent in the fact that he's not listening to what those other dogs are doing yeah okay so so we'll get to let's get to the uh, competition stuff here in a minute because I okay. think we need to lay all that out. And I think we need to explain what it took for you to get runner and what's your other dog's name that you won reserve with? Soul Collector. Soul Collector. Soul Collector. <laughs> oh, that's a good name. I Dad like was it. Bone Collector, so he's Soul Collector. I gotcha, gotcha. And we'll get to all that. To to I want to lay that out and talk about what it took to get through all those world championship casts and and all that stuff. But so. Is there something about runner and soul collector that that in your opinion sets them apart from other other beagles that you've had? I think consistency a lot. You know what you're going to get when you turn them loose. Um, they got good drive. They're going to jump rabbit and they're honest mouth, so they're not going to take any any minus they're not going to hurt themselves so they're not they're not open they're not opening their mouth just to be barking they're not they're not excited barking we call it babbling and coon hunting yeah they're not leaving your feet barking they they leave your feet and when they open they're on a track yeah if you're yeah. gun hunting them they open you take the safety off you yeah. know it's game time yeah. yeah they're they're very honest mouth and i mean he's won a lot of cash just by not getting in trouble and and that finals cast was you know just it goes to show i mean he didn't take any minus others mm-hmm. some other dogs did um and then just drive and heart um i mean obviously us here sitting here can see him hobbling around on three legs and he was like that all the way through and you know hate to see a dog you know fight through that stuff but you know i was always to- i always said it and i was always told you know builds a lot of character to see what see what a dog can really go through rub some dirt on it <laughs> get back in there yeah. well you've got it you were a college football player too so down at ohio yeah. university or yeah. uni- is it university of ohio ohio university yeah ohio yeah. university so and your dad actually you know he he attributes a lot of your success with beagles to to your involvement with hounds and the fact that you were a college athlete and an athlete you know an athlete your whole life so you know what it takes to get stuff ready and everybody that i know that knows you jacob talks about your work ethic and and uh, so this isn't any surprise for me that you've got a you got a you guys got a world champion beagle here for sure we appreciate it. we put a lot yeah, of time in behind the scenes for him it's because with him he's coming to you know almost nine eight or nine somewhere in between there so he's he has a lot of miles on him and we've talked about retiring him way more than once he uh he actually got second at the nationals that's been probably four five years ago now i think it was four years ago yeah he's had another top 10 finish in the world he's won the spring classic so he has a lot of miles and really nothing to prove um but when we went to get dogs qualified had some young dogs qualified and we thought you know let's throw him in the box and we almost didn't even take him like, oh, 
you know, he's older, retire him, and then we're like, <laughs> you know what? Why not? Let's take him because he, you know, he's going to give you a, ch- you know, he's going to give you a chance to win. So he's one of those that it's hard to leave at home. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so have you guys got your own breeding program? Have you got? You say you bought him as a weanling pup. He's one of the only ones you bought, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. All the rest of them you guys have raised. One we got for an outcross. Um, he talked about Holly earlier. Holly was his old female, and we kind of met just through sports, and we're talking and, you know, lifting weights one day, and, you know, I hunt dogs, you hunt dogs, let's let's be friends kind of thing. I was going to ask how this <laughs> came together. Yeah, now we're getting we, it. We played football together. He's two years older than me. Yep. Um, and he, I think we were lifting. He was telling one of – his school buddies um, just got some, uh, just picked up a couple of Beagle Pups. I was like, you got pups? I got a, an old dog out to run a rabbit. We ought to link up. And we had some long, rough days. Yes, we did. I mean, my grandpa got me into it, and he'd been doing it forever. And we, our original clan was Holly and some. <laughs> some dogs we picked up along the way. from some, found, found some dogs, dogs given to us, and. We ended up going through that first year with old Holly and another dog um, from a guy there in Gloucester had. Um, so then we took the Holly dog, bred her a few times, um, got some pups. Um, and actually, the sole collector dog would be a grand pup of, um, of Holly. And about everything else that we're hunting, um, the Echo dog that we won the junior region with, uh, grand pup of Holly. Um, so he was out of runner and a pup out yeah, of Holly. Yeah, it's actually out of runner. So I've adopted a lot of the same breeding principles. My dad used the coon hounds. Yeah. Lime, a lot of lime breeding. Um, not super tight, but we like, you know, if there's something we like, we're not afraid to have it in there a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that helps with consistency. I mean, just knowing, I same thing when I coach football to when I'm breeding dogs. If I can stack the deck in my favor, if I know what's behind those dogs and there's no you know, no outliers there, I like my chances than just going to buy a dog or sure. And a lot of people go out there and try to breed to that big name stud dog. And Hey, we've done it too. And it works a lot of times, but you got two completely different genetics that are crossing there. And I've always been taught, you know, some of it's the male dogs and a lot of it's the female and a lot of it's just that cross. Maybe it's not either of them, but if you have two line bred dogs that are similar in characteristics and bloodline, then I think that's just going to help your chances. If there's consistencies in the blood, there tends to be consistencies in the pup. It's not four different, you know, breeding two dogs that this dog's mom is this way, this dog's dad is this way, you know, completely opposite. You have no idea. You're just stirring the pot and pulling out the first, you know, the first duck out of the water you can pull to see what right. number's on the bottom. <laughs> so, <laughs> just like the 4-H fair. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I want the stuffed gorilla, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a garment and dog tree dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. 
Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. So we keep the, I mean, really, basically everything kind of circulates around Holly still. Even um, Soul, the other male that we was a reserve, he's out of a pup out of Holly and Runner's been bred to a couple different pups out of Holly and everything just circulates back there. And I mean, obviously you have to have some outcrosses, which is where Runner came into play, but just basing everything off of what we have and what we know we can produce. Well, you guys are what, 25? Yeah, I'm 25. I'm 27. 27. So how many generations deep do you think you are into this? This Coming four four generations so you've had enough time to see you know what you've got in your on your baseline Mm -hmm. and now you know where you need to go and and you're you're off to a solid start there but you're exactly right i mean there's a lot of philosophies on breeding and different things like that uh seems to be pretty consistent across the board whether you're breeding bear dogs or working dogs or or whatever i mean if you've got if you know the baseline and the traits in there, then you're going to be have a much higher higher uh, success rate. But some of the some of the most impactful um, dogs out there, stud dogs, came from were just average dogs. I mean, they really were. They were mm-hmm. average, but they were from a solid background. You know what I mean? Yeah. They weren't superstars. You take dogs like JB's Chief, or you take a dog like. Uh, uh, Streaks Jr. in the mountain cur world, they were pretty common, but but they had enough genetics and a solid baseline that just made them click, you know. Yep. And then certain crosses click. Exactly. I'm a big believer in that. Um, you know, there's obviously male dogs, stud dogs out there that seems like no matter what you breed them to, they're going to produce. Mm-hmm. Then there's just some magic crosses, it seems. You know, sometimes you can predict them. And Well, your dad's been involved in one. Yeah. Yeah, the Oki Josie cross Old was thing. a great one. And yep. then, yeah, Brands, the the new one, We, I mean, we consider it to be just as good as the Oki Josie cross was the old, the Hokie Izzy cross. That what produced, time will tell. Yeah, singer. <laughs> yeah, they're – they have a lot of lots to live up to on that cross. Yeah, um, I remember seeing Hokey one year at Plot Days, and your dad had been hunting him hard. Or probably you. You were probably well. Hunting. I was tagging. <laughs> I was still just tagging along then. But but he's he'd been running him around these bean fields up here in Ohio, and and all the hair was gone off his face. I mean, he didn't he didn't have any hair on his eye. Uh, he didn't have any eyebrows. Mm. <laughs> his eyelids were bare, and his I mean, he looked like he had the mange on his face. He'd been running. Yeah. Running hokey. <laughs> can't, can't hunt one too much. No. Nope. And at his, it's funny you say that because all his pups, the singer, the little hokey, all them dogs, when you hunt them hard, same way, bald in face. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that is what, what terrain they're getting hunted in, but it's funny how those same characteristics show. Yeah. So. Yeah. So have you guys found that cross? That you guys think you found that cross that's been good for you? We found – so – we've we've learned that a little bit of holly goes a long way for us what we like um because we we like a dog i mean we try not to chase any you know outliers i mean we we have cattle so you know you can't chase those outliers all the time you kind of gotta stay 
we talked to an older gentleman there in Crooksville last week about staying in the middle of the road, you know, not chasing the low side or the high side, trying to go right down the middle of it. Because um, we, we want a dog that has a lot of hunt. We want a dog that has a lot of foot. Um, but we want an honest mouth. And I think some of the coon handle world. And when you say a lot of foot, you mean tough feet? Speed. Speed. Yeah. A lot of speed. Okay. Yeah. A lot, as much, and good speed, you know, clean speed. You know, we mm-hmm. don't we don't like a, a slasher and you gotta have a little bit of that, but that's one of those things being in the middle of the road. And I think people in the Coonhound world will agree always breeding tree dog to tree dog just makes better tree dogs, don't always make a better coon dog. Mm-hmm. And I think that same thing goes for the in the bigger world where, you know, if you hunt, you know, speedster to speedster, you lose some of that hunt. You lose some of that control. So we like staying in the middle of the road. Um, and the stuff out of Holly, those pups, grand pups, you know, maybe weren't fantastic dogs, but they, they did their fair share of winning because they didn't get themselves in trouble and were a consistent dog. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to add a little bit of foot with the runner dog. Um, we bred one of those Holly pups to the bone collector dog of Vicky Bassett's, um, and got soul collector that added some foot to us. And then we're trying to bring that back in on that baseline that we had and just trying to improve We'll try to make our middle of the road just a little better. So what did Holly possess that um, made you want to concentrate around her? Hunt, honest mouth, solid rabbit dog. Um, the other dog that we had actually ran with her, when we were in high school, I mean, it was ridiculous the amount of hours. I mean, we would go to school, we'd go to football, and then you'd... Hunt until dark. I mean, there's times we slept in cornfields on hay bales running these dogs. Or, you know, we had two garments that we'd put a garment on a fence post and we'd run our beagles in this hauler right behind his house and then we'd go cut a couple trees and come back and come back and watch the dogs again but she could just take it she could run all day every day and we'd put you know a couple hundred miles in two weeks on her and she'd be ready to roll and every time she'd go she'd hunt she'd root which is what we call it where you know they're not just hunting, running through the brush. They're under everything, turning mm-hmm. every rock over, turning every stick over. And then when she opened, ready to pull the trigger. The other dog we had, we'd almost call them warning barks because she'd start barking. You're like, okay, like there's a rabbit at the end of the tunnel, but it's going to take a minute. Holly, she barked and you got like, okay, guys, let's spread out. Let's go kill this rabbit. So She, she just had no quit in her. Um, she's one of those dogs that, you know, a lot of the, the modern beagles, you know, you turn them loose and they, they kind of go hunt like a coon dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like one that ranges out and a lot of dogs we hunt now will range out like that. But I also like one that you can turn down a fence row and she's, they're going to get in there and try to jump a rabbit. They're not just running, not to bring up my dad again, like he said, but, uh, one, yeah, we can't talk about yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> he always said, girl, that mouth, it was looking for a rabbit track when Holly was looking for a rabbit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference between a first strike dog and a jump dog. You know, a jump dog is looking to get the rabbit up um, and hunts a lot harder for it. A dog looking for a track, you know, it might run out here in the hayfield and look for an old feeder track and just going to get itself in trouble. But she was she was a hunter. She was a, a true jump dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, she was nothing flashy or fancy, but you could hunt her every day by herself and you know, I remember we used to keep track. You know, we jumped 13 rabbits last weekend, and we killed 12 of them because she just finished everything she started. Yeah. Um, just very consistent. And I always say, too, if we hunted some of these dogs now, that's hard as we hunted her, it's hard to believe what, you know, it's hard to think what exactly. these dogs would be because, yeah. I mean, time 
time and tracks. I like exposure, and they don't get as much exposure compared to what Holly did back then. Unreal amount of tracks that dog had. <laughs> Unreal amount. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, Mike Colley says, which dog's going to be the best one to hunt you, the one you hunt the most? Mm-hmm. We've used that line so many times on this podcast, and it just rings true. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's just you can make a great dog, but they're never going to make it if you don't get them, get them out there and get after it. And then you've got some of them that that don't need as many reps to, to really learn. But it sounds like you're looking for a dog that uh, – you know, if I'm if I'm going to get into to competition rabbit hunting, beat with beagles, then then I'm gonna want a smart dog too. You know, yeah. one that's gonna know where to look for a rabbit and and get in there and and he's not gonna spend all day out here in this yard looking for a rabbit track. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be in the brush. He's gonna be absolutely. I want one, want one like that if I'm not gonna get into competition hunting. I'm you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it just all comes back to you know people like I mean. Some people like walking in slick trees. I don't like I don't like it, but you know, some people like a action packed, you know, coon trier and you know, I do too, but I like to I like that middle of the road. I want one that'll that'll make those trees, but you know, might make one less tree an hour than what the other dog will, but it's gonna have ninety percent of the coon. Yeah. Same thing for the big one. I want a fast one, but it better be able to jump a rabbit too. Yeah. And I think people get so hooked on the speed part, you know, they drop dogs down and they forget about who jumped a rabbit. They just start watching who's leading the pack. Um, and it takes a combination. Some people forget about that. And I think you'll see a lot in these competitions that a lot of these bigger dogs, bigger name dogs that win a lot, some of them aren't even the footiest thing in the world, the fastest dog, but consistent. a lot of scoring is not – you're going to have casts where you have that flashy dog that can fly and he's going to go out, and you're in rabbits the whole time. You have all these big straight running tracks, and they're going to look flashy, and you're going to be like, man, they look like a million bucks. But that dog also has to be able to go out when the running is bad and be able to do the exact same thing. It's a lot of consistency, a lot of goofy little turns. The rabbit came up, did a figure eight, and shot out backwards, and that's where you called the line at. Well, that fast dog that just runs through and isn't a rabbit dog is what we call it. It's a track dog, but not a rabbit dog, a true rabbit dog that's mm-hmm. just willing to grit down and work out that track isn't going to score that line because they smell this track and just run through, pick it up on the other side where a rabbit dog is like, okay, I know this is getting crazy here. I'm going to settle down and work it out. So the consistency that comes with that as opposed to just being able to fly is what I think makes a lot of these dogs win. They hunt and they're consistent. Okay, so... So we've we've boiled down what kind of dog you guys took to to the world hunt, but let's talk about let's talk about what competition rabbit hunting really is. You know, um, talk to us about what that looks like. Um, you talked about getting minus points. You talked about getting strike. Do you get strike points? Yeah, it's okay. So so break that down for us to what a competition rabbit hunt is and how that is scored. It um. Not everyone on here, I'm sure, is a coon hunter, but it's the most similar thing to UKC night hunt as you can get rules-wise. And let's just keep it to UKC rules for this yeah. podcast since you guys are the UKC yeah. world champions. They, um, I'm sure it differs over if oh, you yeah. move around. Yeah, different formats, yeah. different yeah. rules. Yeah. But you, you free cash your dogs like you would in a night hunt, and, you, and most of the time, I mean, you're So everybody goes spot. out there and they got their beagles. How many beagles to a cast? Four dogs in a cast. Okay, so you get out there and you line them up. You got a judge, or the judge says, "Okay, go ahead and release your dogs or cut them." Yep. 
Um, and then you stand and wait, um, and you uh, you strike your dog as it opens. Um, one thing uh, in the first three minutes of the, of the first cut, it's kind of like the one-minute rule in the coonhounds. You know, they can do whatever they want in that first three minutes. Um, but you can strike if you want on or before a third. Um, on or f- before the third bark? Yes. Okay. Yep. And um, so the progression – thing so you strike your dogs they go in so i'll just go through the strike positions it's 175 50 and 25 okay and then once that rabbit is up and running so once that rabbit once all dogs are struck or you know maybe not all dogs are struck but once a dog is struck and that rabbit is running um it's supposed to let it circle so you know every circle is not the same but basically if it goes and changes direction and comes back i mean sometimes it's a three-quarter of a loop sometimes it's two circles but it's supposed to, you're supposed to score it once every loop. So you can't score it here and then again at the corner of the house. Um, so you'd call a line. And a line is similar to a tree in the coonhound world where you mark a spot. And UKC is pretty tight on their, on their allowance of how far that dog can be. Mm-hmm. That dog has to be shown that it's running the track. It don't have to be barking necessarily at the time it crosses that line. But it has to at least acknowledge that there's a track there. Okay, I got a couple questions already, because okay. I've never, like I said, <laughs> I mean this is all Greek to me. Yep. And uh, which is kind of cool because I'm going to ask the same questions that somebody listening to this podcast might. Uh, so you talked about uh, running a circle, mm-hmm. and so what you're saying is, is a, a cottontail when a beagle runs it, it will it will run a loop and it'll bring it back by you and that's that's what you're calling a circle yes okay. yes not to be confused with circle points in the competition coon anymore correct all right and then i gotta i gotta break this down and try to visualize this on this line deal uh so your 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 bagel's out there and it's running this rabbit around can you call a line the first on the first circle they Once. have to make the complete circle so if they jump the rabbit and it just goes out a straight line and you see it 100 yards out you can't call it but if they go once that thing comes back once it changes direction and it's coming back to right like goes away from you and comes back yeah as it's coming to complete that circle um you can call the first line and is that your job as the handler to say i've got a line yes yeah, so most of the time it's hunting which judges means, which means you see the rabbit yes okay um, most of the time it is hunting judges. Now, the larger hunts like the world, you get in the semifinals, it's non-hunting. Mm-hmm. But as a handler, you still have the right to call a line. Okay. Um, so I call a line, and you try to mark it the best as possible. Now, the laser pointers are becoming a big thing, so that, that is helpful. Um, so that, that dog, and that's one thing that you got to get the right breaks is because you're only judging a small portion of those tracks. Well, let's let's we'll get into strategy in a second. Okay. Okay, cuz I think <laughs> I'm already starting to get questions about, you know, being a handler what what I need to be doing. So, when you see the rabbit go past, okay, we'll look out here in the yard and I'll get some Okay, he's between he just went past that maple tree right there and he was about 10 feet on this side of the maple tree. He went right through there. Yep. That's that's how I would call it and people okay. say, "Well, well, let's be more specific. Okay, that dandy line right there, right around there. And, and then how far off of that line can your dog be when it comes through? And that's one of those things that judges and the handlers, you know, they can vary from cast to cast. Okay. Um, usually, I mean, less than, you know, your wingspan most of the time. Yeah, a lot of Sometimes people say arm length on either side. Okay. And a lot of the common, 
I mean, or big old common sense comes into play. If those dogs are really pushing that track hard. Running heads up, yeah, just pounding. Some people may give them a little bit more room. Mm-hmm. Now, if this track is hard, they're having a hard time, and there's <clears> one dog that's truly running, and the other ones are just kind of there, they'll probably they'll tighten the line up some, mm-hmm. just kind of depending on the, the conditions and how the running is. But normally, I would say three, four foot. Um, so pretty, pretty tight line and that changes in other registries, but UKC is pretty close on the line rule. Okay. So, so as we stand here, we've got our dogs loose or making their circle. We've all, we all agree that he's circling now, right? Do you have to agree to that? Yeah. A lot of times like, okay, guys, you guys think it, you know, is that this enough? And a lot of times people will call a line or, or say, Hey, I got a line right here. And we'll talk, ah, that's not, that's too quick. We, we need to wait. We need to wait for that rabbit to come back. Okay. Is um, there any penalty for the handler to call the line before? No, because as a handler, and this is kind of getting into another role, if you want to see that rabbit to get those points plus, because in order for you to get your points plus, you need to, the rabbit needs to be seen. Now, in order to lock those in at plus, you have to score a line on that rabbit that's seen. Mm hmm. And that means your dog crosses the line. As long as one of the dogs crosses that line. Any of them. All the dogs that are struck in at the time when it crosses through. All the dogs that have barked and got, you know, their handler struck them. When they come across the line, if a dog misses the line, then they can still get their plus points for their strikes. As long as one dog scores that line, it it locks in those strike positions on that track. Okay. All right. So, as a handler... I'm going to call this line, and I'm going to call it on that Dan line. He went right through there by that yellow leaf. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to watch my dog, and I'm going to, he's going to come right there, and he's got within three or four feet left or right of that leaf to cross that line. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Okay. All right. So he gets strike points, and then when he brings the the you know runner here, brings that rabbit back, he made you say he made two lines in the world championship cast, and – he comes across that line. What happens to his line points? So the line points, they go 100, 85, 70, and 55. So okay. there's, there's a 15-point difference in the, the line points, and there's a 25-point differentiation in the, the the jump and the strike points. Okay. Um, now, another thing is you can only score three lines per rabbit track. Okay. So they try to balance it out so that it takes both the jump dog and and a, a line scoring dog um that way one cast can't jump a rabbit and score 10 lines on it mm-hmm. um now there's days you wish you could score more because you don't <laughs> want you hate to catch a, a dog off a good track right but it, it tries to balance the qualities of those dogs um so a strike dog means a lot um mm-hmm. because you know you, you get your 25 point differentiation there um and then you, you want to be in the front half i mean i like one always on the front end um but on strike need, points right strike points and and you got to have one that'll compete for lines too right. it's hard to beat a first strike second line kind of dog yeah if, as long as the dog can stay in that front and can go jump its rabbit okay it's so hard to beat a first strike second line dog because you're getting 100 points for for the strike right yeah. right then you're getting 85 for the second line so that's 185 whereas you've got a dog that is a second strike dog he's scoring 75 and he's a first line dog he's only got 175 correct yeah. So, now first if, strike, solid second first line dog is what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously you want that dog that can be first and first, but if you're going on, like he talked about, the middle of the road and you're trying to look at the qualities you want to go win with, 
consistency in jumping rabbits seems to be more consistent than or better than consistency in lines, but it just balances out. Okay. One thing, too, that differs from the coonhound world is that usually if you got a dog that's a first tree type dog, it's always a first tree type of dog. It's either by itself or it's on the, you know, it's going to be a first tree dog. In the in a bigel cast, you know, when you're just judging, those lines are just, you know, just a few feet of the track. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your dog might lead 90% of the track, but might, you know, might be second when it, you know, just so have, might have a little breakdown here and it might get toward the back end. So if you have a dog that's just consistently, you're not going to, even if you have the fastest dog, you're not always going to score first line. So in, in a coonhound world, you got a first tree type dog. Most time, you know, you're, you're good for first tree. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the Beagles, if you can be a first, second line type of dog and a jump dog, then your chances of winning really improve. So I've already heard, I've already, I'm strategizing here because I'm thinking about getting any of these Beagles. So you said a clean track dog, mm-hmm. and that's one that goes where the rabbit went, right? Yeah. He's not slashing the corners off. If I have a, if I've got a, if I've got a slasher, and a slasher will pay you some days, but not every day. Exactly. So, <laughs> so he may be here, and, and I, we've all seen dogs like this. If you've hunted hounds very long, you'll you've seen those hounds that they know to cut in front of other dogs. You know, so they may cut it off. They may miss the line. Yeah, exactly. You know, they may be pushing this rabbit up through here, and you know that line's right there at that yellow leaf where you called it, but that dog that's a slasher comes in 15 yards ahead of there and picks up the track and moves it on through. He doesn't get any line points at that point. Yep. Right. All yeah. right. I'm starting to put gas to this thing now. <laughs> and, you know, and you got to have a little bit of that edge that you want to beat to the front because mm-hmm. if you got a dog that's only worried about what it's doing, you know – a pack of dogs that are competitive could run off from it. Um, and once a line is scored, a, a clock started, you got one minute for every other dog to score that line. Okay. And so after that minute, that line's closed. So, I mean, you can't, if you get your doors blown off, you're not going to score any lines. <laughs> All right. So, yep. I mean, so you got to have a competitive dog and come back to that middle of the road thing. You know, you got to have one that's competitive, but is independent enough to trust, trust itself and not just picking its head up and running. Um, and, in the semifinal cast there, I mean, we had had some nice dogs in that cast. Um, Trevor McQueen has a 3MC Chief dog. It won the world two years ago. Um, another red dog we drew out in the semifinals. Um, very consistent dog. And, you know, I would attribute their breeding success for, you know, middle-of-the-road type, you know, consistent jump mm-hmm. dogs that are good line dogs. Enough foot, but are consistent. Um, and that pack of dogs are just competitive. Um and I think his age helped him some, runner, um, called line, come along us, and we had non-hunting guides and judges in that cast, had a line call coming by the pond, and they went in to this these K-9 tails, and they kind of got bottled up there. Well, them other three dogs came just, and they weren't doing anything a, a, any other dog wouldn't do, but they tried to skirt them K-9 tails, hit it on the other side. Mm-hmm. And runner was able to stick for at least that portion of the track was able to stick there and score that line where the other three missed where he needed to be yeah at the right time yeah well you 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 keep wanting to jump ahead and tell me this story about the world championship (laughs) let's get there um so tell me about the hunt format for the world championship is it different than than like a standard beagle trial or or is it just a beagle trial that they you've qualified for and now you're 
Houndsman XP is very proud of our partnership with the organization Freedom Hunters. Freedom Hunters is a nonprofit organization that takes America's veterans hunting from field to field, from the battlefield to a field near you when you volunteer your time to take America's warriors hunting with you and your hounds. It's easy. Go to houndsmanxp.com, click on the partnership tab, and it will take you to Freedom Hunters. You can go direct to their website to make donations at freedomhunters.org. Support America's heroes. Let's pay it back. Visit Freedom Hunters at freedomhunters.org or go to houndsmanxp.com and you can find them on our website from field to field. Check out Dogs Are Treat at dogsartreat.com. And if you go to their website at checkout and enter the code HXP20% off, you will get 20% off of your entire order on all of their branded products. Leashes, tieouts, medical kits, paws are protected. Build your pack from the ground up and support a fellow houndsman that supports your lifestyle. Enter the code HXP20% off at checkout. Go to their website today at dogsartree.com. You go to the qualifiers, they have them everywhere throughout the year, and you do the same thing. You have to win a 90-minute cast with and a four-dog cast. You have to win, and then you're qualified to go to the world. With okay. plus With plus points, with plus points yes. And well, then we need to stop then because I forgot to ask you another question. What do you get minus for in a beagle cast? We've talked about plus points. What do you, what do you get minus for? So uh, there's a three-minute window of no barking. So they have checks, and then they have the three-minute window where you minus the track. So if a dog jumps a rabbit – or if a dog barks, dog strikes in, and they don't produce the track within three minutes, as in... Not, you know, not making forward progression. Right. This dog is just beatboxing around in this little brush pile, and the dogs come check it, and they don't bark with it or anything. It it doesn't do anything in three minutes. It minus its strike points. If the dogs are all up and running, and they come to a breakdown... A loss or a lose. They mm-hmm. have one minute... If they go one minute without barking, they go into a check. A check is minus 20 points for every dog in the check. So every dog struck in takes minus 20. The dog that recovers the track gets its 20 back. It still has a minus on there for its total minus points. If you hit minus 300, then you're scratched. You get pulled out of the cast. But it gets its 20 back, so it's a way to – that's another factor that comes into – you're scoring if you were first line or first strike second line, but then they have a check on you, then you know they're now five points ahead of you. But if they can't produce that track within the three minutes, even if they're still barking and the whole pack is in there, if they get stuck in this little thicket and they can't get out of it in three minutes, then they, if majority of the cast is struck in, they all take a minus fifty. If less than majority, less than majority, they take their strike points. Okay, whether that be. A three like at the point whether you're three dogs, four dogs, whatever it goes by majority. Now, what are some of the disqualify? Uh, do you have something to add? Yeah, so on that, so let's say dogs run a rabbit and they go into a check, so nothing's barked for a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, then they have two more minutes, a total of three, to recover that check. Now, let's say they never do recover that check, and that then there becomes the decision: did that rabbit go down? Is it in a place of refuge, 
or did they just lose the track? Okay. Now, if that rabbit was, in, we agree that's in a place of refuge, then points are circled. If they're already, if a line was already scored, or the rabbit was seen, and a point of refuge was in, then you get your plus. Now, if no rabbit was seen, um, they just ran, and you still uh, place refuge, then the points would be circled. Okay. Um, okay. B- but if if we agree that that track is lost, no matter if we already have plus points in or not, those plus points will stay, but we all are going to take a 50 minus for blowing that track up or losing it. Right. I think I think probably the the best thing to do is probably go on UKC's website oh, and yeah. read the rules. And now that we know the lingo, because we could probably – how long have you guys been to competition rabbit hunting? Probably since I was a junior in high school, yeah. sophomore in high school. Ten years? So – Nine years? Now I'm now you're making me sound old. I know. Yeah, probably, probably around you're not in there. Anymore, Jake. Yeah, probably around in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so there's no way we can cover everything oh, no. in, yeah, a, absolutely in a one hour cast. And even reading a rule book, I mean, you got you have to witness, you have to see yeah. a lot of it to understand. Yeah, I mean if you pick a, it doesn't matter if it's rabbit dogs or a competition night, you know, coonhound event, you can sit there and read those rules on the back of the card and if you don't know what that means and you've never seen it. Yeah. You don't get your feet wet and master it in the same day. It just no, doesn't no, no, work no. like that. No way. No way. Even even guys that have been in hounds for a long time, you know, just trying to figure it all out. And I'm, I, I've got a pretty good imagination, but but I'd still need to see this whole thing. Oh yeah. And I've never been on a competition rabbit hunt. I've, man, I don't know how. Every year at Thanksgiving was a rabbit rabbit hunt, you know, and, and with beagles mm-hmm. for my brother's beagles, but not competition. So so tell us about the world hunt. Tell us about uh, the how many casts you had to get through, and where where was the world hunt this year? It was uh, luckily lucky for us. It was in Caldwell, Ohio. So okay, um, we're both from Gloucester originally. Um, and I think it was an hour and three minutes from my back door. And one of the worst curvy rides in the world. I'd rather drive three hours straight if I could. I but, know where Caldwell is. So Do you know where Crooked Tree is? I don't know where Crooked Tree is. Uh, I don't either. Uh, um, it's outside of Caldwell. Okay. Yeah. But I have the way I get there. Only only way without going an hour around would be on seventy eight. Anyone ever been on seventy eight knows how rough that road is. He's up in Newark now, so it's about an hour for him. But he gets he mine gets is the an highway. hour of highway. Yeah. I have five minutes to hop on the highway, and then I just cruise. So right. that made it nice. So yeah. he, he ended up taking the dogs home every night because I didn't want him to take them on that crooked road, get them car sick on the way home in there <laughs> in the morning. Um, but I think we had four or five qualified. Five. five five qualified and you can hunt there's an, on that first day there's an a and a b round so each handler can handle two dogs mm-hmm. um and then i couldn't hunt in the afternoon because where i coached football I had a game that night mm-hmm. so i hunted in the morning um i hunted our clyde dog got beat um brandon hunted the soul dog in the morning and got him through and won his cast and in the afternoon he handled runner i left for football and we had a, a buddy dean yoder um he handled our little rosy female, and we had a, another buddy, Ethan Stafford, out of Indiana. Um, he hunted our dirty female. Um, they both didn't have any luck. Brandon was able to get another cast win, so Brandon, dealt, Brandon had a good day. Had a good day. Got yeah. So you basically sold. won the world championship. By <laughs> No, <Yeah>. absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> and with that being said, Nate, Nathan Wells, where our work schedules are always pretty different. Nathan Wells, our buddy that lives up around New Lex, had runner or for, had soul for probably two to three weeks. He had him he? for a little over three weeks. Um, I just didn't have 
didn't have time had they, time to run him but we had other dogs to run and didn't have the time to put the solo time like we'd like in so hit up nathan and um he had bred to soul and he loved soul excited about him and called him and said hey would you be interested in running him for a couple of weeks for me and he was out my house the next day to get him he's so excited and i mean he's a huge huge part of why soul even made it to be reserved right if not, he wouldn't have been nearly as ran in and right as we would have liked him to be. Yeah. So he, uh, so Nate got him ready, and Brandon had ran him for the months before that. But then last few weeks, Nate was able to fine tune him and tighten up the bolts he needed to. Um, and then Runner had been at my house, um, had been ran some this summer, but he would really only was taken to a qualifier, and then I kept him in shape, not great in shape, but run, running shape. Mm-hmm. Then last three weeks. I when me and Brandon had talked on the phone, I said Runner looks like old Runner almost. Like Runner looks, you know, like prime Runner right now. He, you know, he he's feeling good and looking good. So we we had high hopes, but you got to have those right breaks. You know, got to be in the right cast, the right time with the right dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brandon, you know, Brandon got them both through that first day. Um, so then we went back over there Sunday. How, how many dogs go through? Was this on a Saturday? So that was, was on a Friday. Friday. Okay, because you said football. I think 253 or 55 dogs hunt were – that wasn't the total qualified, but that's how many that were qualified and showed up. Yeah, you have okay. thousands of dogs that go try to get qualified. The ones that make it usually right around the 250 mark once you hit their first day Friday night or mm-hmm. first day Friday morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so how many dogs got through to – I assume there's rounds on Saturday? Yes. Yeah, so. there's – Round one is all Friday, so there's round 1A, round 1B, and then on Saturday there's two rounds, which is round two, semifinals, and then you eliminate to the final four on Sunday. Yep. Okay, so 250, um, you get one dog. How many casts would that be? Um, four dogs. You have to – three. if you win three casts, you're in the finals mm-hmm. after, once you get there. So you go from first round to quarterfinals to semifinals – to finals okay so you're looking at probably 125 casts 120 casts on day one right at 250 no wait a second 25 50 probably 60 casts yeah, yeah right around 60 60 263 casts on mm. friday so then you take those top dogs that made it through you're hunting those 63 you're breaking them down in casts again on saturday yeah, it breaks them down to like they try to keep it doesn't necessarily always right. work out that way but usually it works out to where that breaks it down to 16 or less dogs so you have mm-hmm. four four dog casts going out or two fours and a three however they can divide it to where the final four yeah so you have a you have a you had your initial on friday how many rounds you run on saturday two so two. you come back in the morning run that second round yep then you uh once they get once you get through that second round they um that's your your quarter finals right. so they brought everyone in um and kind of did a little thing. UKC is doing so much more with the video and mm-hmm. the the social media that it, it makes it, you know, they're trying to get on the same level as the Coonhounds, and right. they're doing a pretty good job. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it felt like, you know, a major event. Um, and they always have done a good job, but they're they're taking some steps in the right direction. Right. Big kudos to UKC and Allen for what they're doing right now. Yeah. They're doing a lot of good stuff. It's nice. Yeah. And so then you run through that semifinal round on Saturday afternoon and then whatever dogs get through a hunting final round on Sunday. Correct. Yes. And then you do like 
pictures and interviews and everything. And sure. They, you know, they put the do the pictures of all the dogs that were top ten, like the six that didn't make it to the final. They do all that Saturday night, and then Sunday morning you get there, and it's time to roll. Yeah. So who hunted on Saturday? So he hunted soul. Yeah, um, I hunted soul on Saturday. And, and I hunted runner. Okay. Um, Did you guys draw each other any on Saturday? No. So UKC has changed the rules some on that. It was, and people had Evidently, you really didn't draw each it. other. That was yeah. a dumb question. Yeah. Evidently, you <laughs> didn't draw each other because you were both in the final Well, cast. but we have before in hunts like of that of that size. And it used to be if you're a co-owner, you couldn't – if your name were on the papers, you couldn't draw someone with that same co-owner. Um, right. But that was starting to get abused some, and, you know, it got to where some of them big hunts, some of those guys own so many dogs, it's almost impossible to draw dogs out. Right. Um, so now they make it to where the first name on the paper is the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And luckily, Brand's name was the first one on both of these dogs. Um, and a lot of times, it's not nationals. It's, we've been in a few hunts where either me and Brandon or me and our other buddy, Levi Weber, will draw out with each other first round. Yeah. Um, but luckily, Brandon's name was on both of these dogs first, so we were able to you know, stay away, stay from, away from each other yeah. until the finals, yeah. so, which was what we all hoped for. Yeah. So you had something you want to say? It's not so fun to hunt two dogs on the first day, and the next day I go out and I draw the other dog I was hunting the first day. (laughs) So it makes it nice to be able to keep them separated. Right, right. Okay, so you get through Saturday. Now you're both in the final forecast on Sunday. Yeah. So do you guys have a plan? You guys like you block for me and I think we both said it when we came back Saturday <laughs> evening. I I, th- I said and I don't I'm not exactly sure what he said, but I said we can't get cute. You know we got to call this thing the way it is because you know let the cards fold yeah. how they may. Yeah, Bill McFarlane, uh, he was a longtime bigler. Um, you know some people might thought he was a little too tough on somebody, but you know he he did it by the by the books. And he always said, you know, you lose just as many trying to cut the corners as you would if you just played it straight. And I'm yeah. a firm believer if you do things the right way, you know, it's it karma will come back and get you. So, you know, if you do things the right way all the times, and eventually it'll pay you back. Um, and we knew that we, we had two dogs that were honest, and we knew if we got up and running, had good running, we had a lot of confidence and soul um, where he's just younger, you know, a little bit more energetic. And he's got four legs. Yeah, four and legs. Four helped, legs. Yeah. That makes it helps a little bit to have all. Four. I mean, it's I'm, not. It's not that runner's got three. He's just got one that that doesn't work real good right yeah, now. Yeah, and uh, that that went through our mind all week. Right. Um, you know, we we had confidence in runner, healthy runner, but we didn't know what you know. We didn't know how he was feeling or how he would be able to perform. Um, in all honesty, in every round we hunted him, and we couldn't have blamed him to walk out there and lay down. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the big, I mean, in all honesty, he can't an, use one of his legs. <laughs> another rule too is if a dog doesn't hunt, if it's not uh, putting in an effort, or if it's just walking around out here in front of you, the clock will get started for not hunting. Similar to coon hounds. Yeah. Um, after three minutes, um, you're minus a hundred, and then after five minutes of uh, non hunting, you're scratched. Yeah. So, I mean, three minutes seems like a long time, but when a dog's hurting like that, every time he came through, it's like, oh, this might, you know, he might have had enough. Yeah. Um, but, man, he never, once I unsnapped him, he never thought about quitting. I mean, you might have seen him cross, pass through, but he's the type of dog, too, 
that you might not think he's setting the world on fire, but he has a very good tendency of jumping rabbits. Yeah. And he's just smart and old and knows where to look. That's where it is. Yeah. So he Hunt has smarter, neck. not harder. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> and it's, he's not lazy. I mean, he's always gone. But you always think, like, man, how did he jump all them rabbits today? He didn't cover near the ground that, you know, some of these young dogs did. Right. But he has that knack. Well, you've heard the story about the young bull and the old bull. Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard that story? I don't, I don't know, know if I have I or not. I may have. It's been a minute. Yeah, so the old bull and the young bull are sitting up on this hill, and they're looking down over this whole pasture full of cows. And the young bull looks at, looks at his dad. He's like, hey, dad, let's run down and screw one of those cows. The old bull looks at him and goes, no, son, let's walk down and screw them all. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Smarter, not harder. So so Sunday morning, you end up getting to the finals. What did you guys feel like having two dogs? Oh, I I think Saturday night. Were you guys nervous? I was more nervous like the night before. Once we got there that morning, I'm like, just another round, just – it's all you have to think the whole time, like just another round, just let the dogs do what they're doing. And I'm not saying there were there weren't nerves, obviously there's nerves, but at least for me, the night before was way worse than the day of. That that's a long twelve hours between your semifinal and your final. Mm-hmm. I think I mean the the accomplishment of getting two in the final four to me was, you know, on Saturday night probably more overwhelming than the of actual winning it the next day just knowing that we had two dogs in the finals you know i mean i calling my dad and stuff you know i was very i was emotional i mean that's something you know we all dream about um and but we these two dogs we knew so well um and we knew they were we knew soul was more than right and we knew runner was until he was on three legs so we were not not overly confident but you know we knew we were ready we were prepared Mm -hmm. so we we thought if and as a handler, I think if I can give my dog the best chance to win, you know, I don't if I can't beat I just can't beat my own dog. Right. You know, if he goes out and gets beat and, you know, there's nothing I can do about it and I can live with that, but I I wanted to give my dog the best chance to win by not, not messing up as a handler and having him prepared as as an athlete mm-hmm. to go on that day. So I think we both knew we were prepared. Um but and you, you get nervous, you get tight. That's when them handler mistakes come in. Right. So, right, and that's why it. I talked about trying to think of it as just a regular cast because well, every you, handler you that's can, been you in can big think rounds, about it that way it. all you want. But <laughs> you know, when when it's all on the line and there's a world championship on the line, uh, you can try to trick yourself mentally. But but you're still you, gonna pucker when it comes down you, to it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you still are, and and but that's what makes that's the difference between. Um, you know, that's what makes it special. Yeah, I mean that pressure. You is know, what... it, yeah, I mean it, it just makes it it makes it professional. You know, absolutely. <clears throat> and and have you ever have either one of you ever made the final cast? Have you ever made the final cast of a Brandon no. has placed the tenth with runner in the world three years ago at Grafton, West Virginia. <clears throat> okay, and, then and I made... made the final four at nationals with runner and got second. Okay. So you've been there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been on a lot of big hunts in the Coonhound world. Plus, you played college football, and you played fo- football. I mean, I see a lot of things in your life that came together to prepare you for this time. I mean, you know, if, if you've never been there before, if, then and you're, you know your dog's not prepared, 
that's when you get nervous. Yeah. You know, when, when you don't know how you'll react and you know deep down inside that, man, I got here on pure luck. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you know you're prepared, you know you're mentally prepared, you know your dog's physically prepared, then it's like the old saying, and I know we're in Buckeye land here, but Bobby Knight said luck is where preparation and uh, opportunity meet. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and so you guys took advantage of it. Yeah. yeah so how was that yeah. final cast? Well, it wasn't as action-packed <clears throat> as I think anybody had hoped. Um, we went to a spot and – I mean, great looking spot. Um, had had passed a score on, but a lot of brush and some, some timber um, on the edge of this field. Um, neat spot. Was able to. I don't know how many spectators were there. I mean, I would think over fifty. There was like twenty trucks that yeah. came out. There was a lot of a lot of spectators when you're in the final. Yeah. And th- well, luckily, they were able to park up on top of the hill, and when we went down in, so you know the noise or you know those people didn't affect us at all. It was like they weren't even there. Good. Um, yeah. No we, distractions. Yeah. We stepped down in there and cut dogs and hunted around this yard for a while and then the legs dog vatley uh atley's um he's from michigan or he's indiana michigan line up there he's not too far from alan gingrich um she went through there probably a couple hundred yards and got a rabbit jumped Mm -hmm. and she was hunting left-handed everything else was hunting right-handed so then we're all like oh i hope and she was up over the hill. I was like, man, we might get left out here. You know, these dogs might not hear her. Right. And, for, and they didn't for a minute. Yeah. And for a dog to score a line, it has to be running for the majority of that circle. Mm-hmm. So, if you know, if we got up there and score a line, even if our dogs are struck in yet, they're going to miss that first line. They're going to get their pl- their strike points, but that's still 100 free points for her. That's, sure. You know, we can't touch. So, right. that you know, that's all going through our heads. And um, the Emmy female um, – if Joe Merritt gets struck second, then Soul gets up there and took Runner a long time to hear those dogs. He was right-handed. He came out of that path, and he could he could hear something, but he didn't know what it was. Finally, he got in, got struck for fourth, um, and they ran that rabbit. Maybe a circle up on top of that up on top, and we couldn't get to him to see. The spectators had a nice view of yeah. that track, and we did not. I hear you. <laughs> so um, we, the judges nor the spectators, saw that rabbit, and uh, or the judges or the handlers didn't see that rabbit. The spectators did, which doesn't really mean anything in the scoring right. world. But they end up losing that track, going into a check. Three minutes gets them, and then they pick up that track right after the three minutes is up. So we all take fifty minus. So basically. Uh, even playing field and the I guess the spectators watched that rabbit go across this hay field up there mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure what the tracking conditions were not the best because um, you know we had four very capable dogs out there and we just could not run a rabbit like we had all that whole week mm-hmm. on a track a dog took a minus on we physically saw the rabbit yeah right. and we know the dog's perfectly capable of running they yeah. just as a pack couldn't smell yeah so, so then um we came back and recut, and I mean, we we hunted for probably thirty minutes. Didn't jump a rabbit. It was a long thirty minutes. So the, the guide, you know, at, you know, we can move back up toward the front. We kind of they kind of ran past or hunted past what the the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So we caught him and just walked probably hundred yards and come down in this brush. And when we cut him, Soul was kind of like wind and happy over here. And I thought, man, someone's going to jump a rabbit right here. They hunted through it. And Soul and Runner went, I'm not, I just know because of the Garmin went through it. And the two females hunted and came back up this ditch line. Um, the Emmy dog barked three times. 
she took 100 minus. They never never produced it. Um, so she took 100 minus, and they the judge asked if they just let want to let leave them down and let them hunt, or if you want to handle and recut. Joe was fine with just leaving them down. So they kept hunting up this ditch, and was it Emmy or legs that struck? Leg struck first and the second so, time. So the other female, Vatley, struck in the same ditch line, just up maybe 50 yards. And she went into a check. So, and then once she recovered her own check, so she went into a check, a minute loss, picked that track up enough to get a recovery, but still haven't left, you know, this living room really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Emmy dog strikes in behind her. Um, and, and you guys aren't struck in yet. No, and this no. is all happening. We can see it all happening right in front of us. 15 feet in front of yeah. us. We can see the whole thing. And I know Soul, Soul had barked one time through there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Runner, I knew Runner was through there a ways. Who were you handling? I was hunting Runner. You I was handling Soul. Soul. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And they were through there, and we thought, man. And then, and then we was it before or after soul struck was when we saw it after i think before i think we saw the rabbit before soul struck i think we saw the rabbit before they were working it and we saw the rabbit kick out across that path ran up the path and went right hand a big rabbit i don't know why we couldn't run it and soul came in and barked two more times put him at three barks so you have to strike like we talked about before on or before the third mm-hmm. so he barked twice right there but from where he had barked once with the time you know once you cut pick up dogs and recut then that starts over your sure. three barks. Those yeah. barks follow. But he had barked one time previously, so that put me at three, so I struck. And normally, you know, you'd be excited to get struck as soon as he barks, but with the situation going on, we knew they were struggling. I watched these two females that were very capable of burning <laughs> up a rabbit that couldn't run a rabbit we've seen 20 feet in front of them. So it's not a time where you're like, yes, I want to strike. Right. But, so they they work. The time time's running on them. Runner comes in and checks. And runner's just tight mouth. Even when the rabbit's up and going, I mean, he he gives plenty of mouth. It's not that he's running silent, but mm-hmm. he's just not a dog that is even, you know, a dog that might bark every time if it hits the ground. He's more of a drifter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came in and checked him and just, I mean, he knew a rabbit was there. And then we watched him. Did he open? No. Nope. Not, not a once. So you're really puckered now. So, <laughs> well, the thing is here, though, is, I'm still happy because they're still both of our dogs. So <laughs> there wasn't a time that I was like voting for one or regardless of who's handling, they're both both of our dogs and we're both in the same situation. So I'm like, boy, runner. So yeah. it doesn't hurt my feelings either right. way. So right. it's one of those things where it's, I mean, just a good break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so then these dogs are searching. It's like, man, eventually one of these dogs is going to swing out and hit the front end of this track and be able to smell it. You know, you think – Eventually, one of these are going to get it up in the time. And then Runner comes out on the path. Says, oh, you're going to save him and beat yourself all at the same time here. Right. Because then he's going to take a fourth strike on the rabbit that he's going to produce. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But he swung out, and he could smell it, and he just never said anything. And we watched him go up the path and cross, and the three men gets him. And obviously, we saw the rabbit. It didn't go down. So the three that were struck take a 50 minus. Well, I have to go. we got to catch him. So I go trying to find Runner. And usually, you yell at Renner. I mean, you've seen him here in the yard. He comes to you. Yeah. And nothing. I'm like, what is he doing? And I started looking at the garment. He was working. And the spectators had said they'd watched him, watched that rabbit run through that hayfield up there to this building. And he had silent, he had trailed that rabbit all the way up there, but he just knew it wasn't good enough for him to, for him to run. And he just kept his mouth shut. Yeah. And when I got to him, 
he was under a piece of tin up there against that building. He barked two or three times in that tin, and I caught him. Mm-hmm. But just he knew that he couldn't run that rabbit. I don't know yeah. why he knew, but I'm glad he did. Right. Um. So he take so they take fifty minus. He's still setting. So everything's setting at one dog's at one hundred and fifty minus. Me and Atley's dog are both at fifty minus, and then runners at zero. At zero. zero. Okay. Or at, no, I'm at fifty minus. You're at hundred minus. Because yeah. I took 50 minus on right. the first track. So I'm 50, 50 minus. Two at 100 and one at 150. Yeah. Okay. So then we recut. We just walk 100 yards and recut kind of the direction that runner and soul were hunting. How much time you got left in the cast? Probably 30 minutes. Yeah, about 30. Mm-hmm. And um, they go The dogs hunted hard. They're all independent. They all went. They did what they needed to do. Um, at least dog legs, strikes. And I honestly think she got a piece of that track that we had just left. It wasn't down in the ditch. It was more like or, you up know, above it a same, little bit. Mm-hmm. Same, same vicinity. Area. And ended up taking 100 minus. Didn't produce that track, so he set another 100 minus. So he's at 250 minus now. Yep. yep. And got dogs setting at 150. Souls at 100 minus. I'm at 50 minus. Um, dogs are hunting. Um, you know, and in my mind and his mind, too, we're thinking, man, if we get a rabbit up, you know, obviously we're spotted some points, you know. We have less minus, so... And if we don't get a rabbit up, we're setting we're setting fine. You know, we're one and two in the cast. Mm-hmm. A lot can change in one single minute of a cast, though. Yeah. And especially in a cast like that, when you have four dogs hunting different directions, a dog jumps a rabbit. If a dog don't get there and back them quick, you know, you you know, two hundred point swing real fast. Right. Dog misses a line, you know, and that's a real thing. A dog misses a line, that's a hundred point swing right now. Right. So there's a lot of things that go in, and you know I'm running my, you know I'm you, running my you, own stopwatch. And are you <laughs> trying to build up the suspense here? Because I really want to hear how <laughs> Runner and Soul pulled this out for World and Reserve. Well, it doesn't get too much more exciting. So basically, <laughs> it does not. No, all the casts leading up were exciting. The final cast was not that exciting. No, it was a lot of when the dogs are up and running. That's when your nerves are calm because you. You hear the dogs. You're like, okay, now I yeah. just gotta, now I just gotta score. And I mean, if a dog comes through on a line by itself and you're not there or something, you get nervous. But you're a lot less tense when things are happening. Right. When you're just sitting there, four in a row, and all you hear is dead silence and leaves cracking from dogs hunting. It is the, that's when you mess you up. That's when you're like hear a squeak and you're like strike my dog, and then it's somebody else's dog. But you're so tense that you just hear a bark and you're like yes. Like that's when you make okay. those kind of mistakes. Okay, when- well, let me let me tell you about a mistake, an epic mistake that I made, and it was a plot days at Tell City. And this, I'm telling on myself how crazy you can be on this stuff. I had an hour to hunt by myself Oof. In, a, <laughs> in a world qualifier with my boondog. That and just sounds like a recipe for disaster, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Had Kyle, Emery. Okay. Um Brock Carr, and I can't remember the third person on the the other person on the cast. That's already a crew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'd already scratched out. They'd already. I'm not going to say that Kyle's dog treated possum, but uh, I wouldn't say that on the air. <laughs> but uh, or no, I think uh, Brock and Brock and uh, Skid and what dog were they hunting when he was hunting Skid? Dick Dixie. Not Dixie. Rock. It wasn't Rock. It was one after Rock. I can't remember. They have Little Rock. Little Rock. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we get into the first tree, and uh, uh, Brock and and uh, it, Kyle's dog were rolling around, 
so they're scratched for fighting. <laughs> Imagine that a plot days. But uh, um, and then the other guy's dog was treed 100 yards away on a possum, so he's scratched. I have a night champion cast, so I've got an hour and a half to hunt by myself. We go to this beautiful place, just like you said. Everything's quiet, but I'm thinking, man, I got to score some points to make sure I get in that top ten. I'm the only dog out there, and I strike and get a good strike. Dog drifts through there. I'm listening to him, and just I I could have swore I heard him locate, and I said, "Tree Boone, right there." Kyle looks at me. He's like, "Chris, I don't hear anything." I was like, "I hear him right there," and Brock's like, "Chris, I don't hear anything." I'm like, "No, he's he's right there." I'm telling you, I can I know how far he is, but it's that same deal, you know, all quiet. Talk about a stupid mistake. Dead silence. There, there wasn't you. anything out there other than a dog way through there. And about that time, he opens off to the left. And I take 125 minus on that by myself and can't treat and, and end up not treating a coon being able to dig out of that. So that's my dumb dumb handler story. It's, one, one it's amazing what one your mind can do in the silence. You oh, can, my God. The your mind can hear him. And – yeah, and I think it all de- depends on the type of handler you are, too. I know I'm a very different type of handler than my dad is. I've learned a lot about handling from my dad, but I'm I'm a lot more laid back. Mm-hmm. Now, when the going gets tough, I can, you know, I can right. keep it up, but I'm I'm much reserved and don't make mistakes and sure. let, let the dog win for you. And I, I think he's – Brandon's probably a little bit more action-packed. I am. Not, not, <laughs> not reckless, but action-packed. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I'm I'm the serious, quiet one. Brandon can get after it, um, and it helps both of us. You know, it's different situations, but like right there, we all that time, mm-hmm. and you know, we get underneath the ten minute mark, and you're thinking, man, if I don't get a bark, you know, that's it. I mean, we're one and two, and you're thinking, so you can win the world champion on minus points. Yes, on okay, that final cast on that final right. cast. Because once you're in that final cast, there has to be a winner. So it comes down to. Where they lay, right. regardless of plus, minus, circle, whatever. Where they lay is where they are. So we get underneath the 10-minute mark, and I'm I'm one of those guys. I run every scenario through my head, how I can get beat or how I can win. You know, I you know I can't you know I can't do this, I can't do that. I mean, if a dog gets struck, score a line. Well, if they're sitting at 250, they'd have to make 200 points. Yeah, yeah. But they'd have plus points on the card, yeah, too. Yeah, but I wouldn't want Brandon to beat me either, so i got to worry about him. <laughs> See, that's exactly what I was wanting to get to. I knew that was there somewhere. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. No, no and I, I said it in the interview before, and I did after, too. I mean, both of those dogs are as much more than his than they are mine, and same thing, yeah. vice versa. I mean, yeah. we're just so – I mean, even if we finished second and third or third and fourth, I mean, we'd been tickled to be there. But, I mean, as competitors, you get there, you want to finish the job. Sure you do. Um, and – we wanted our we wanted those dogs to finish as good as we could, and if it was setting one or two, or you know the other way one and two, I mean we've been just as happy. Um, with runner winning, it's a little bit more rewarding because he has been to so many hunts and has placed in the top two and has he's won some big in hunts. All the UKC big yeah. hunts, and we've for five years, you know, he's always gave us a chance to win. So him right. to to finish it off the right way and kind of helps you. Second at nationals is awesome, but tough at the same time. Sure, grand not, you know I'm. That picture is comical. That's floating around out there. Nationals, we look like we just lost our la- our last friend. <laughs> we were <laughs> we are not happy in that picture. Uh, that's like I always told my kids: second place is first place loser. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like I have this nice little it's pretty a great trophy accomplishment, from it, but and at, it's my least yeah. favorite trophy I have. 
yeah. my second in nationals because that is the trophy that is my almost grand national title. <laughs> yeah. So that is what yeah. I think of when I see that. Yeah, world hunting beagle, national hunting beagle champion. That title would sound a lot better, you know, just at one place. So oh, that man. one that one still hurts a little bit, but it, for him to be able to win both of yeah, them would still, be great. Though, I mean, I think we beat ourselves up as much as anybody on that stuff because there's a lot of people out there that would like to have yeah. – that reserve, you know. Oh, the fact that we even make it to these big hunts is an absolute blessing. I mean, it's it's a huge deal. I don't want to – me saying that I hate that trophy doesn't uh, mean – Or just having fun. Right, I mean, exactly. That's it. like a <laughs> – yeah. you know, that's not me putting down a second. Right. Or any, I mean, that's right. a huge accomplishment. Yeah. If I'd have never accomplished anything more, that's a huge accomplishment. It's just uh, yeah, yeah, nice to be able to put that finishing on them. So did you guys end the day on Sunday just like that? Yeah, so we didn't we, run another rabbit. Nope. So we got down to under ten minutes, and Brand's like, "Man, this is gonna happen." I was like, "Oh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say <laughs> and that." We're just kind of off by ourselves, just like barely murmuring oh. words because we can barely talk because we're both so puckered and tight. Look like we full body cramps going on over there, just sitting beside <laughs> each other, can't move. <laughs> But, for it. So get underneath that three-minute mark, and you're thinking, you know, I can't take 100 minus now if I'm on a three-minute mark. So I'm setting for, you know, something really bad would have to happen. Yeah. You start to analyze, yeah. like, and then you get under that harder one, to beat me, harder you, to beat me. You get under that one-minute mark, it's like, man, this might as well be over. But you're still, and then when that thing hits zero, you're like, wow. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that was a cool moment to experience with each other, you know, both to be there in the finals together. Um, mm-hmm. So that was cool. First and second with, you know, our co-owned dogs. Like, yeah. it, was, it was awesome. And yeah. then – so you know we hug or whatever and i shake it you, know, we shake you can each talk about hands. it do you hug huh oh I, I hugged that day yeah. okay oh, good deal they got a picture of it. <laughs> ukc posted a picture of us hugging when we realized we just got first and second so as long as you didn't walk out of the field holding hands and yeah, skipping, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's all good we uh, but you congratulate everybody there um you know alan and the judges and everyone was on that cast and all the media people were there so we, you know we had congratulations and swapped handshakes and then we went to catch dogs and Runner jumps a rabbit two minutes after the hunt's over. No way. So that, did he do it right? The yeah. best running rabbit of the day. <laughs> I, I, oh, I got it. I was videoing all the way walking to him because I was wound up. Yeah. But uh, so that was cool. You know, Brand's like, that's his victory lap. Uh, there you go. Yep. And Brand taking and the victory lap. Souls through the country like 400 yards. So I got finally got Runner caught out of this, I mean, heck of a briar patch along this horse pasture. So I finally get him caught and. So I walked toward Brandon to help him get soul caught. And, you know, that was a long walk, but, you know, that was one of the most rewarding walks, sure. walking all the way back there. And then just me and him get to walk the 500-yard circle back around. Yeah, cool. And there's a picture of it, too. We literally didn't even set the dogs down. Like, we were holding the dogs coming out of the woods. Like, you're not even walking on a lead strap. Half because runner can barely walk anyways, but half just living the, you know, living up the moment. Right. So how old is soul? Soul just turned five a couple of days for the world so he's got a few years left he's still got a few years yeah left. so he could he could be your grand national world champion we're too. gonna make a run at it there you go yeah yep, we're gonna make a run at it what do you got coming up behind him behind soul and you got any hopefuls there yeah we have a few we got um so we have soul and you don't clyde. have to let out all your secrets i just want <laughs> well the five-year-olds aren't a secret so right, we got soul right. and clyde which i mean they've done enough winning they're they're both Dual grands and they've done what we wanted them to do but we'll still pack them to the big hunts um then we got a, a female caught we call dirty brand more brands than mine um she's capable um she's might not have as much foot and speed these dogs do but 
She's a very gritty, just nonstop type rooting, of dog. Hard, doesn't ever stop. Just hard hunt, 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 yeah. hunt, hunt. And yeah. a lot rabbit. with these big hunts too, you know, it's easy to jump a rabbit eight o'clock in the morning, but when you start hunting two or three rounds in a day, and you're hunting when it's 75, 80 degrees outside and sun's out, you have to go jump a rabbit. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just get turned loose in someone's backyard and a rabbit was sitting there for the night before. Right. Right. So. Dirty will get, you know, give somebody a chance to win, mm-hmm. you know, when it gets deep into a hunt. And then we got some young dogs, um, got some pups out of Runner, got some pups out of Soul, got some pups out of Soul and, and actually Soul's aunt, um, my old rosy female. Um, they're just six months old, but that's a cross we're really excited about. Um, got some pups that our grand pup to Runner and I have our, our grand Jim uh, dog. And I have, mm-hmm. um, we had a litter last spring yeah. that is, we have two females out of the cross, and they are runner to Soul's mom. Okay. So that's kind of a... Cool. Makes it exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and we yeah. have some pups that are out of Rosie, my old Rose female and runner, that are to that age where we'll be making that cross to Soul. So st- stuff's starting to get enough age on now that we can start, that next generation will be, sure. be interesting because we can tie all this back together. Be fun. Sounds yeah. like you guys are, you guys are having a lot of fun with. We this. definitely have a lot of fun with it. It yeah. helps a lot. The we have a similar opinion of dogs, and mm-hmm. it's about let's go do this together, not out there like trying to shaft each other in the world final. Trying, it's you know like let's let's see who we, like let's do this together, not right. you know right. this is what I want. This is what I want. It's like let you know similar mindset goes a long ways. Yeah, yeah. So which one do you like more? You like coon hunting more? You like competition coon hunting or <laughs> I, competition beagle? I know they hurt each other quite a bit. I mean, when I'm getting something tuned up for a coon hunt, I have a hard time getting them beagles ran at the same time. Yeah, especially with work. And I'm luckily with the work, you know, I'm self-employed, so I can, I, I'm, I get along pretty well with my boss. So yeah, I, I can make some <laughs> things happen there. Um, well, it's important that you get along with yourself. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to beat walking to a tree that they're blowing out and yeah. they got the meat in, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know, I hunted all over last year. I've said this before, maybe on the podcast, but I hunted, man, I was in Montana and Idaho and Virginia and North Carolina and bear hunting and coon hunting and everything. And the funnest, most just chill, relaxing hunt that I did last year was going to the UP with Alan Gingrich and just. Just running snowshoe hares. Yeah. I had so much fun. It was just we could, you know, we grilled, grilled, built a campfire and and grilled some hot dogs and you know just had a good time. Yeah. It was it was a lot, but they weren't my dogs, so I could chill a little more. I wasn't worried about oh, that dog looks dumb today or I don't I don't know why he's doing this. But Alan was pretty chill about it too. He had a good solid pack of hounds and mm-hmm. it's just fun, you know. It's just it just um, I just really enjoy it. Yeah, I, do. I, I love walking to dog tree, and I'm one of those people that, I, what you put in, you get out. So I know there's so many more, more years of homework put in behind the coonhounds we're hunting. You know, it's for yeah. my dad and my uncle Freddie. You know, there's 50, 60 years of work that yeah. has been put in there. So I won't ever let that get away from me. Yeah. Um, and but there's a lot of time that we've put in these biggles, not not in the decades that they have, but you know. I would hate to take the foot off the gas of either and lose sure. all that homework we've put in. Right. So it's it's rewarding to finally get a you know to get something produced from that. Um, but I mean, I'll 
I'll coon hunt and run bagels till I die, I'm sure. There you go. And we didn't start off with dogs that are going to go win the world. So it's like a. You put in the work. We put in the work and both sides get rewarded. Sure. With it. So, I mean, we used to have a spot we called the honey hole because we knew if we hunted there 12 hours every day, we would run at least one rabbit. Mm hmm. <laughs> that was the honey hole like that we know <laughs> but i mean we'd go three or four days without jumping a rabbit right and then holly kind of saved our bacon and right started getting us more rabbits and we've came a long long way there so a lot of homework on both sides um i mean i coon hunt with them and i've handled dogs and everything but i don't sure i don't have the history with the coon dog side as far as well, jess mean, his dad fred cavey fred cavey started the the redwood line then your dad took took the reins i've got a picture of your uncle fred and and the redwood crew that at the 50th annual autumn oaks where uh johnny johnny won national grand night plot i was the or the um, high scoring plot and then evan with spider was in that picture with uh the opposite sex mm -hmm. so and then the cool thing about it is and i hope you guys continue this with your deal um Anytime a redwood plot won anywhere, there wasn't just one guy in the picture or two guys in the picture. Everybody. The whole family. The whole family. The, all the friends, everybody that was hunting redwood. If you're team redwood, you were in the picture. Absolutely. And uh, I hope you guys continue that, that tradition because I thought that was the coolest thing when we were all out there hitting it hard and, and going to these hunts. It's but, so hard for, you know, one person to do it all. Yeah. And when you – and you gotta be self, an gotta be selfless too. I mean, when I mean, because a lot of these partnerships are more business oriented, and when it's more of a family, yeah. I mean, it has to be professional. I mean, you're going to win, you're not right. going to hang out. But when you have that family atmosphere, and you know, my dog's your dog, um, that's it's very helpful, and it helps you get so much more accomplished. Yeah, I mean, because we all have weeks or months or that we can't do something. If you have someone that has your back and step up and take the workload yeah that way you're not you know your dog's not sitting there for six months yeah so. i mean johnny i've even had johnny stand in a picture with a blue tick before what that, do you think about that, that probably took some convincing <laughs> it's just because he he knew a coon dog when he saw it yeah <laughs> <laughs> he probably has never said that though has he no he'll never admit it he'll never admit it yeah he'll never admit it all right well guys i gotta wrap this one up but i tell you what i appreciate it and congratulations thank you thank you it's a great accomplishment for you and I'm real happy for you. And uh, get Runner healed up. Yeah, he, I think he's retired. He, yep. uh, nothing left to prove. And we got some young dogs we can hunt, so he can lay under here, lay underneath the table like he is right now. He's doing a good job of it. <laughs> he, it seems like he's on the right page with you. You know, he, he got the message. So, guys, until next time, you follow your hounds and I'll follow mine. <laughs>